Well, we want to welcome everyone to Murrayville Baptist Church. If you're glad to be here on this Easter Sunday morning, say a big amen. 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 Good to see all of you. Let's all stand this morning. We want to open this service in prayer, and Brother Carlos is going to come and open us. So, Brother Carlos, you come on. Well, good morning, everybody, and happy Easter. And uh, it's good to see everybody, and uh, we'll just go to Lord in prayer and thank him for it. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this Resurrection Day and what it means to all of us, Lord, and where you found us all, Lord, in our sin, and you've taken our sin away at the cross, Lord. And, Lord, we just thank you for your great sacrifice and your broken body, Lord, and your blood that was shed for us. And, Lord, help us never to forget what great sacrifice you've made for us. And, Lord, help us to be conscious of your presence. And we pray now by the power of the Holy Spirit that you'd awaken us, Lord, to the truth of your word and to the truth of your salvation, Lord, and help us to uh, just be filled with your holiness and your goodness, Lord, and uh, help us to love one another and be with the pastor as he brings a message, Lord, and that today would be the day of salvation to anyone who's here who's lost, Lord. And just thank you for all the families that are here, and we just thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Remain standing, page 
seated, pray for the choir as we sing. Page 31 at
is here. Let's all stand. any tithes and offerings you want to give, you can bring them at this time and put them in the place.
us good-looking crowds. Happy Easter to everybody. Amen. Amen. You know what the one hat said to the other hat? You stay here. I'm going on ahead. <laughs> Some of y'all get that tomorrow. <laughs> a man was in a man was in a labor room with his wife having a child, and all of a sudden the the woman started crying out. She said, "Couldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't, don't." And the husband stood there and looked real mysterious. And the doctor said, don't worry. It's only contractions. <laughs> hey, see, I got some of y'all to smile. Y'all came in here looking kind of gloom and doom. Amen. You can go to the house of God and have a good time. Amen. Amen. Well, some people can. Amen. Let me make some announcements. Tonight, remember tonight, there will not be any night service. We take Easter evenings off. And uh, so no night service tonight. And uh, on April the 24th, there will be a youth choir practice. And also a VBS, Vacation Bible School, meeting after service that day. And on and on and on it will go. But anyway, happy Easter to all of you. Y'all looking mighty pretty. And it is, a, it is an honor to have every one of you here. And especially our visitors. Thank y'all for coming to Merville Baptist Church. And it is our prayer and our desire that when any of us come here, we find the Lord while we're here. We meet with him while we're here. So I tell you what, let's, let's do this. Let's all stand just for a moment. It is Easter Sunday morning. And I just believe we need to spend a little time in prayer. And asking God's blessings on this service. And I'm going to ask Brother Ron Bagley, if he will, to open us. And then I'll call on one or two more. So let's all bow together and agree how we need him to show up, Brother Ron. Lord, thank you, God, for this opportunity that each one of us put aside, Lord, the things that are happening outside of this place. And God, to come in here together to get something, Lord, to, to anticipate, God, you, you uh, telling us something in our hearts this morning. God, I appreciate, Lord, the, the fact that, that you died for my sin. God, I appreciate, Lord, the way that you the way that you showed me that you loved me by your actions. But God, I sure am glad you got up that third day and conquered what you needed to conquer. And God, you you did this for me. I appreciate it, Lord. I appreciate everything you've done. God, thank you for the blessings that you show us every day. God, as we're here, may we pay attention to that one thing, God, that you've got for us. Your name, God, I pray, the, the one and the only Lord, the living God, I pray. Brother Warren Vickers, you continue praying for us. Lord, we surely love you this morning. Thank you for being so good to us. Father, thank you for this special day, all the what it means to us. Father, you're on that cross, Lord, for taking our sin down upon you. Father, raising that third day, and Lord, giving us 
Brother Titus, you close us in this prayer. Hey. 
with glee He said I have the victory You said you'd come to save Oh, but now you're in the grave Oh, in the grave he lay Jesus, my Savior But very early that third Ashley hadn't I held back. <laughs> Amen. I can tell she's holding back. Amen. <laughs> Did y'all hear about the fella that never had been in church before, went and went, started visiting this little church and got saved. And then he told the preacher, he said, I want to get baptized. He didn't know all this church language. He didn't know amen and praise the Lord and all that. 
Some preacher baptized him, brought him up out of the water, and he said, hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, amen. The Lord's got to look down here and just smile every once in a while. I believe he laughs every once in a while looking at, especially when he looks at Leo Gertz. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Can I get a witness right there? Amen. John chapter 20 this morning. John chapter 20. When you find that place in in your Bible, aren't you thankful we have a Bible? John chapter 20, if you'll stand to honor the reading of God's word this morning. John chapter number 20. John chapter 20. We had a wonderful sunrise service this morning. Oh, my soul, my soul, my soul. Old Derek Knight came in here and how he fed our souls. I mean, he went, he went from Genesis to Revelation and didn't miss a beat. I sat there thinking, well, all I got left to preach is on the maps. I mean, he covered it all. Wow. I mean, it was good. I sat back there with my wife this morning while he was preaching, and I just enjoyed myself, all that he was showing us from the Word of God. We got we came in here about 7 o'clock this morning, and boy, we had a good time. Then we got to eat biscuits. Nah, 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 nah. Some of y'all didn't come and get none, eh? <laughs> I better cut it out. I've I got to preach now. John chapter 20. We're going to begin in verse number 1 and read a few verses of Scripture. And uh, bring a thought this morning on a simple title. Because He Lives. It says it like this. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. And she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. And saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. And that's a message in itself right there. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one on the head, the other on the feet where the body of Jesus had lain, another message all in itself. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I 
know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. I want to take these verses and as I said, just preach a simple thought this morning on because he lives. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning so thankful for the love and the mercy of God toward us all. Lord, you're a wonderful God. You're a blessed, holy, gracious God. And we're thankful for you being who you are. Lord, so many of people of, around this world, they worship gods who they worship in fear. Fearful that you, they're going to kill them. Fearful that they're going to do them harm. But here we are at the throne of a God of grace. And we're thankful, Lord, that you, you are, you're just who you are. I can't get over it sometimes. Lord, you created this world. But it's not your creative powers that amaze me. Lord, it's your love toward us. Father, you please add your blessings to the preaching of the Word of God. May it uh, have liberty and, and free course. And Lord, may it do exactly what you want it done today. Make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. And I'll thank you and praise you for everything that you'll accomplish and do. For it's in the precious holy name of Jesus Christ, I pray these things. And all of God's people said, Amen. you can be seated this morning. This passage of scripture is very familiar. It's recorded in all four gospels. And it's the story that we all need to hear that Jesus is alive. The account that we've read this morning, it, it just struck me today as I was studying and just looking over our text and meditating upon it as I was reading it and rereading it, that the tomb, this empty tomb, is a place of discovery. These people who visited this tomb on this particular day, this third and glorious day, they did a lot of discovering. They discovered things that they weren't looking for when they went to the tomb. The people who visited that empty tomb, they went looking for death and they found life. They also, they went in darkness, but they found light. They went looking, they went looking for just the usual things at a graveyard, death, but they found the supernatural. They went looking for the for the uh, uh, for it to be quiet, but they found a message 
while they were there. They found the good news that Jesus Christ was alive. And they went looking for a sepulcher, but they found a Savior. Jesus Christ was alive. This account that we've read in the Word of God is one of the most disbelieved accounts that's ever been told. People are believing lies on every hand today, but this one truth is truth. Founded truth, truth that can be proved in a court of law. But yet this truth is more disbelieved than any other truth that's ever been told. There's many, there's many people who have tried to disprove the resurrection of Jesus Christ down through the years. I remember the story told of a man by the name of Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel was a professing atheist. He did not even believe that there was a God who existed out in eternity. He believed everything that we know to be real as to just be a, uh, an act of fate, an, act, an accident, if you will. He decided that he was going to study the resurrection of this man by the name of Jesus. And he was going to study it and he was going to be the first one to actually disprove that Jesus rose from the dead. He was a brilliant, brilliant mind. And uh, he went after this study with everything that he had available to him. He studied, he prepared, he, he went into the depths of it, he traveled, he did everything he could in an attempt to disprove that Jesus Christ existed. And all of his examination, all of his discoveries, he found out that Jesus was alive. This atheist got saved and he wrote, he's written several books today. One, his very first one was The Case for Christ. And it was written to prove that Jesus Christ is really who he said he is. This one, this one truth is more disbelieved than any other truth that's ever been recorded or told. I believe that Jesus Christ is God. I believe that with all of my heart. He is God. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe he was virgin born. I believe it just like the Bible said. I believe, I believe he spent 33 and a half years on our planet doing nothing but good. I believe he did miracles, numerous miracles. I believe all of that. I believe that he died for my sins. I believe that they buried him. But I also believe that he got up out of that grave on that third and glorious day. And I believe with all of my heart, soul, and, and mind that Jesus Christ is alive right now. And what you believe about this will control your life. If you don't believe He's alive, you'll live a life that depicts that. If you believe that He's still in that tomb, you'll live a life that exemplifies that. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ got up out of the grave, you won't get saved. And your eternity depends on what you believe 
about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, that is the gospel whereby we are saved. That Jesus died for our sins. <laughs> My sins, your sins. He died for our sins. He was buried. But thank God he got up the third day. And he ascended back into heaven. And there he sits today, willing and ready to save whosoever. I believe all of that about Jesus Christ. There's many people that they try to disprove this, this text that we read to you. They try to say, well, he really didn't die on Calvary. He just swooned while he was on Calvary. He had been through so much agony that he, while he was there, he just kind of passed out. And then came back to life. There's those who believe that the body was stolen. It's called the stolen theory. They said that the disciples, as a matter of fact, they, they paid people to say that. That the disciples had stolen the body of Jesus Christ. Well, why didn't they ever find it? The dead body. Why didn't they ever find a dead body? There's those that would say that he swooned. There was those that would say this, that he was just a spirit. He really wasn't a man of flesh and blood like you and I are. But he was 100% God, but he was 100% man. And he was as he hung on that cross, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, giving his life so that you and I could be saved. I'm glad to know that. I'm glad to believe that. I'm glad that God Almighty has revealed that to me. And I'm glad that I trusted this Savior one day and asked Him to forgive me of my sins. And He saved me. I want to say some things this morning because He lives. I want to say some things. I want to say number one, because He lives, we can forget our past. <laughs> that ain't going to excite some of you, but because He lives, we can forget who we used to be. I was a wicked man before I got saved. Some of you enjoyed salvation at a very early age. I didn't. I was 29 years old when I got saved and I did a lot of bad things in my past and sometimes the devil reminds me of what I used to be. Sometimes my flesh gets to thinking about what I used to be. But thank God, according to the Bible, God Almighty has forgotten who I used to be. <laughs> Woo! I mean, he said, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. We can go ahead and forget our past. I wish I could. Because God has. And He has got the ability to forget a thing that we cannot do. Uh, my wife approved that a lot around the house. And, uh, bring up things that I used to do. Or things that I did yesterday. And things that I did five years ago. Well, let me say it like this. Things that I did 46 years ago when we got married. And she'll remind me of that. 
I used to be bad to buy old trucks, Brother Warren. I'd buy an old truck and I'd tell Debbie, boy, I can make money on this thing and I have to pay somebody to come and get it off my hands. <laughs> and I get to thinking about buying an old truck or an old car and, and Jeff would kind of just kind of goose me about the thing. You need to buy that. You need to buy that. And Debbie says, John, you remember all them trucks you bought? You remember, remember all that money that you were going to make and you didn't make them? Well, I'm glad that God has got the ability to choose to forget. And he said, not only will I forgive you of your sins, he said, I will forget everything you were, everything that you did in your past. It is forgotten by me. Or the devil may remind you, your flesh may remind you, but God Almighty will never, never, never bring up your past anymore. There's a lot of God's people who are plagued by their past. A lot of God's people think, well, I'll never be able to do anything for God. I'll never be able to serve Him in any capacity because of what I used to do. Honey, I'm glad to be able to report to you that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, it cleanses us from all sin. And God not only forgives, but He forgets all that we ever did in our past. We can go ahead and trust His faithfulness to forget our past. We can forget our past because God has forgotten our past. <laughs> In the Old Testament, God would tell them a lot about their sins. He said, he said at one point, he said, I'll take all of your iniquities and cast them behind my back. Then he said this, he said, as far as the east is from the west, I've removed thy transgressions from you. Then he said this, he said, I will cast all your sins into the depths of the sea. And that was all Old Testament. But you get to the New Testament. He said, forget my back. Forget the east from the west. He said, forget the depths of the sea. He said, I'll put them under the blood. Under the blood. They're under the blood. They are gone. They're gone. They're gone forever. Amen. We can forget our past. Oh, Corey Ten Boom. She was a Jewish lady in concentration camps of World War II. And she got saved uh, and uh, turned her life over to Christ and wanted to tell everybody about, about Jesus Christ. She went through Hungary and Poland and all those European countries telling everybody where she went about this saving grace of God. She said, I want to tell you what God did with our sins. She said, he, he put them in the depths of the blood and then put up a no fishing sign. Oh, I'm here to tell you. Oh, the devil may remind you over and over and over again of what you used to do, what you used to be, but thank God, God will never, never remind you of what you used to do. They are forgiven and forgotten by God Almighty. His word says it is. Number one, we, because he lives, we can forget our past. But I want to say secondly, not only can we forget our past, number two, because he lives, we can find grace for today. <laughs> I was studying about this grace thing. 
And grace is us getting what we don't deserve. I don't deserve, I do deserve going to hell. But I'm not going to hell because of Jesus Christ. I don't deserve to go to heaven, but I'm going to go. That's mercy and grace working together. I'm not going to hell because of His grace. I deserve it. I'm going to heaven. I don't deserve that. And that is grace of God. And the Bible says that we have a great high priest now in Jesus Christ. Said that he's gone back into the heavens and he's seated at the right hand of the throne of power. And he tells us this. He said, wherefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might, we might obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. There's been time and time and time again down through my years of living as a child of God that I needed to find grace. Grace is not earned. You can't earn grace. Grace is found along your way. And I'll give you an illustration. This is a poor attempt at an illustration, but it's what God gave me. The other day, we've been doing some remodeling at the house. And... uh, because of the remodel project that we're doing, it demanded that I do some plumbing up in our basement. So one afternoon I got started. We had some other things to do and I got started and I went downstairs and I started doing all this plumbing work and it was some pretty major stuff. And, and it was getting late and I was trying to get done with everything, but I was wanting to do it right. And and you guys will know about this, but the older PVC pipe gets, the more brittle it becomes. And I was down there and I was working hard and it was about 10 o'clock at night. And I was making my last joint and I shoved the joint together. And when I did, that old pipe broke, busted, and hot water started spewing out of the pipe all over me. I was up on top of a ladder. I mean, I was totally drenched. I was already hot and dirty and and sweaty and there I was just drenched with the hot water and I don't know why I did what I did but I ran to the hot water heater. Normally I would have ran out front to cut off the main water line but I ran to the hot water heater and there was a valve. I cut that valve and lo and behold it cut the hot water off. But my, my basement was flooded and I mean here I was, I was in a of a mood and I come walking upstairs and Debbie took one look at me and she said what happened and this is what I said brother Titus I said I don't want to talk right now (laughs) and I did I knew if I said anything it wouldn't have been nice it would have been ugly. And, and she didn't have nothing to do with it. I would have jumped all over her. And I went, to, I went back there to the bathroom. We didn't have any hot water to the house. And I'm thinking, I'll never, I'll, I will not get to take a bath tonight. I'm sleeping on the couch, as dirty as I am. We got a leather couch. And I thought, well, I'm just sleep on the couch. And I went up to the front bathroom and I, I went up there and I, <laughs> this is what kind of mood I was in, what kind of mind I was in. I cut the water on and washed my hands. <laughs> what none. 
There was none. It was off. And I, I stood there and I thought, you dummy, you're, you're an idiot. And then I got to thinking, Lord, I sure need grace. Lord, I need some grace, please. And I walked out of that bathroom, went back downstairs, and I got to looking at everything, and I thought, how can I get water to the house? And I started going through all the plumbing stuff that I got there, all the different fittings I got, and I found one fitting that I thought would work, and it did. I put that fitting on and got it plugged off and turned the water back to it, and after an hour, it's 11 o'clock at night by now, you know, and got the water turned back on, and I finally came back upstairs, and I started talking to my wife again, and I started letting her know what was going on and, and trying to still be nice and everything. And, and I, I let her know that everything I thought was going to be okay. And uh, so lo and behold, the water heated back up. We had hot and cold water. And you know what I found out? I found grace. I found grace through it all. There's going to be times coming every one of our lives where we need to find grace. Listen, if you're already perfect and everything's already all together, you don't need grace. Jesus said it like this, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that be sick. And I tell you what, I sure have been sin sick a lot in my life. I've been... I've been ugly sick, I've been moody sick, I've been, I've been nasty sick, I've been all these, all these infirmities I got in my life. I, I'm just one of those honest preachers. I'm not, I've not arrived yet. I'm, I'm not perfect yet, but one day I'm going to be. I'm not what I should be, but thank God I ain't what I used to be. And thank God He's still working on me. And along that trip, I can find grace. To help in a time of need. We all need grace along and along. And thank God, thank God for His amazing grace. That will ease the tension. That will ease the problems. That will, that will ease your mind. That will ease your temper and your, your moods and your, your swings. And thank God for grace. Oh, had it not been for His grace, I wouldn't be nothing today. Had it not been for His grace, I would not be able to stand here today. Had it not been for His grace who's brought me to where I am. And Paul said it like this. He said, for by the grace of God, I am what I am. And thank God for grace. Thank God for grace. And thank God we can find grace in those times of need. Not only can we forget our past. And not only can we find grace for today, I want to say thirdly and lastly, our future, because He lives, our future is secure. <laughs> How many of you in here are saved? Say amen. amen. If you're saved, you're going to heaven. If you're saved, heaven is secured and prepared for you. If you're saved, the devil can't do nothing about it. If you're saved, you're going to go there one glorious day. 
The Bible says that the salvation is a no-so salvation. We can know that we know that we know that we know that we're saved. And there's nothing any better than to know that you know you're saved. I'm glad I know it today. You say, how, I, we was talking the other day, me and Debbie was talking the other day, and we was talking about some of the religions of the world, and they say, well, if anybody says they know they're saved, that's pride. No, that's bragging on Jesus. Because it ain't nothing I've done. It's all in what He's done for me. I know that my Savior lives. And because He lives, my future is secure forever and ever and ever. You know, man's greatest quest in life is to have security. We want security in everything. I mean, we've got in insurance companies know that man wants security. We've got insurance for everything. We've got insurance for cars, insurance for boats, insurance for campers, insurance for jewelry, insurance for homes, insurance for health, insurance for dental, insurance for vision, insurance for pets, and insurance for our money. <laughs> we got insurance on everything. If we took insurance out on everything that they want us to take insurance, we could not afford nothing. I told Debbie the other day, I was figuring up all the insurance we got. I said, I am insurance poor. I mean, all the premiums that I'm paying just to try to have insurance. But thank God, the insurance that I've got of heaven don't cost me a dime. I am secure in Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever. And forever, I'm going to be with Him in a place, get this, where there's no sin. Aren't you getting tired of what we're seeing go on down here? Aren't you getting tired of all the abortions and all of the murders and all of the people just mad and we got road rage, we got, we got, we got sidewalk rage today. I mean, you can't, you can't walk through a crowd of people without them. I was, my little old dog, my little old dog's the sweetest little dog on planet Earth. Have I ever told you all about Sugar? Sugar's a little rescue dog that I rescued from people that used to beat her. They used to beat her and they wouldn't feed her, so I rescued the little dog, brought her up here, and she's been, she's been a blessing in my life, a companion, and uh, just, just a blessing. Well, the other day, Sugar likes to go out in the yard and and she'll yap, you know, whoop, 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 whoop. you know, somebody walking down the sidewalk, she'll yap. Well, there was this lady walking her two dogs. She had two huge dogs, and she was about that big around the lady was. She had two huge dogs on leashes, and them dogs, really, the dogs were walking her. She wasn't walking any dog. And she was walking down the sidewalk, and I turned Sugar out in the front yard and she went out there and she saw the dogs and saw the lady and she started yapping. Well, the lady looked at me and, and she walked a few more steps and she wasn't paying attention. With I like to fell out left. She stumbled, stumped her toe on some raised cement and the dogs jerked her and she liked to fell down right there. And uh, I thought a lot of things when that happened. And uh, she looked back at me again she said, were you going to do something? I thought, what, am I, what do you want me to do? You're the one walking the dogs. And she walked on a little bit longer and, and Sugar yapped about two or three more times. And she said, really? 
You just going to stand there? I, yeah. That's all I know to do. She said, you just going to stand there? And you ain't going to do nothing about your dog? Mm. She came close. I found grace again. I found some more grace. And I said, uh, no, ma'am. <laughs> I walked inside. After a while, I, turned, I opened the door, let Sugar back in. I let Sugar tend to her. Amen. <laughs> I mean, everybody's mad today. You can't go in town without somebody fussing you out, cussing you out, getting on to you about something. I mean, this is a mad world we're living in. It's crazy world. Brother Nathan sent me a uh, text the other day where this man has ordered him a doll and he wants to marry the doll. That's where we've come to in this society. That's where we're at in this world. They're mental nut. And the more mental they are, the more this world wants to elevate them and, and brag on them. If it's perverted... They're ready to make headline news out of it and, and tell all of us that we need to be just like that. This is a nut world that we're living in, but Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He's going to straighten all this mess out. It's not going to be the Democrats or Republicans or anybody else straightening this out. It's going to be Jesus Christ and Him alone. He's the only one that can straighten this mess. We've messed it up, but Jesus is coming back. And guess what? When he does, he's taken us all to a place that's far better than anything we've ever even experienced down here. No more tears, no more pains, no more suffering, no more fussing, no more, no more arguments, no more death, no more hospitals, no more, no more medicines to take, nothing else anymore. It'll be us and Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever. Since you come to the piano. There was a man years ago. His name was Horatio P. Spafford. Horatio P. Spafford was born in New York in 1828. Horatio G. Spafford got saved at an early age. And, and went on. He became a lawyer. A real estate lawyer. And uh, he made very good money. I mean, he really, God blessed him and his business just excelled. He settled down in Chicago and started investing in real estate. During the Chicago fire, everything that he had bought burned up and he lost everything. Not long after that, he lost, he had three girls and one boy. And he lost the only boy that he had and had to bury his boy. He lost all of his holdings. He lost, he lost uh, his, his only son. And Horatio G. Spafford was a very devoted and dedicated Christian. He didn't let any of his money, he didn't let any of his uh, wealth or fame, he didn't let any of that even come in between him and his Lord. He was a very good Christian. Well, he decided that him and his three girls and his wife needed to take a trip. And he was very good friends with D.L. Moody. And D.L. Moody was over in England preaching a meeting. And, 
he decided that he was going to plan a trip and him and his daughters and his wife was going to go to England to be with D.L. Moody in that, that, that meeting. So he booked the, the ship, went to the ship, and right at the last minute, he got word that he had to, he had to stay behind. So he sent his three girls and his wife on ahead over to England. He sent them on to England and, and another ship collided with the ship they were on. And that, that ship that they were on, his family was on, sunk in just a matter of minutes. All three of his girls died in a watery grave. Several days later, he got a telegram from his wife that said two words on it. It said, saved alone. Meaning she was the only one that was saved off of that wreck. Horatio G. Spafford, it broke his heart and he mourned. And, but he decided that he was going to go to England and meet up with his wife. And, and that they would come back and have their services for their daughters. And he boarded the ship to, to go to where his wife was at. And he went and found the captain of the ship. And he said, sir, he said, when we get to the spot where my daughters died, would you just blow the horn and let me know? And the captain agreed, and they were sailing along there. And Horatio G. Spafford was out on the deck, and he was just thinking about his life and all that had gone on, and brokenhearted from the loss of his daughters. And then he heard the captain pull the horn, and he knew that in the, the waters of that ocean, is where his daughters died. At that moment, God gave him a song. And we sing it today. It's called, It Is Well With My Soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows come. Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say. It is well. It is well with my so he lives I don't know what any of you may be going through I don't know what any of you may be facing but he's alive and no matter what you're facing in life Jesus Christ will help you you may be here this morning and never trusted Jesus as your savior Jesus will save you He'll save you. He'll give you eternal life. And He'll be with you for the rest of your life if you'll simply come to Him. There may be somebody here this morning you've never bowed your knees and never asked Him into your heart. You can do that today. Before you leave this place, you can be saved. And be a child of God forever and ever and ever. But others of you, those of you who are saved, you may be going through things. Maybe you need to find grace. Maybe you need to just reassure your hearts before Him. Say, God, I need, I need your presence like never before.